Thank you, Lord. Amen. He's good. If you've been, uh, uh, you know, if you've, you suffer things like addiction, addiction to things in your life, uh, those are going to change tonight. I don't care if you're addicted to ding-dongs or, or something worse. <laughs> You look to him right you look to him today, right now. The power of the Lord is present to heal, to make free, to make well, and he's anointed us to set you free. And so we say that with confidence in him, but you'll be set free. Why? The power of God's here to do that. Amen. Praise God. All right, go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. If I'm led, we'll do something further with that. If not, it'll be sufficient. Praise God. Let me share a few things tonight and see where, see where the Lord leads us. We've got all week, so I'm not going to try to get it all in in one night. But uh, at the same time, I'm not in a hurry if you're not. Thank you, Lord. I had, I had sought the Lord. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can find your favorite verse. And, uh, <laughs> or you can find Matthew 6. I, I think I'll read that one eventually. Uh, <laughs> I've been seeking the Lord about this conference and, and got direction, uh, both for the theme and for those who are ministering. And like I, I mentioned I mentioned yesterday, to my surprise, I was one of the speakers, <laughs> but that's okay, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and, uh, but even uh, uh, Brother Mark Hankins, it's funny, it was like a year ago, and I was, I was in Oklahoma um, for, my, for Wesley's uh, graduation, and we were there at a meeting then, their camp meeting for a few days, and I had a flight on, in the afternoon, and he had been, Mark Hankins had been ministering. I'm just sitting there. He doesn't know I'm there or anything like that. I, I listened, and I was there for like 90% of it, and then we had to leave and catch the airplane. And so uh, I just, it was just stirring in me. I thought, hmm, I was in Denver sitting in the airport. I thought, I'm just going to uh, say hi. And I said, hi, hey, great message today, yada, yada, yada. And he, he texted me right back, said, I was just thinking about, just thinking about y'all. He was sitting on the front row for the night service at that point. He said, I was just sitting here thinking about you. Now, we didn't talk. We didn't see each other. I saw him. He didn't see me. And he said, I was just thinking about you. And I thought, oh, cool. Nice to be thought of. And, uh, but it was, it was something at work then. I thought, you know, I think the Lord wants us to have him back. I didn't know when yet. Then when I got direction for the conference, I thought, well, that's what, that's, that was that. And then uh, Jim, as well, uh, came a little bit later after that. So I, I believe the Lord is leading us in what we're doing here, and there'll be great fruit, great results uh, from us gathering together to seek the will of God. How many know that's one of the keys to success in life? Well, we'll say, what, what's that? It's doing what God wants you to do. It's not making all your own plans and then asking him to bless it. I'm doing what I want to do. I want to go here and work here and go on vacation here and live here and do all these things. Lord, help me. 
<laughs> I think we should slow down and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to be? And then there's an inherent blessing already on that, uh, that activity. And so uh, we need to seek God's will for our life, not our, not, not our own will. And what does that mean? It, it means the, both the micro and the macro. I mean, I need to seek the will of God for my daily behavior, all right? And I also need to seek God and, and, and look for his will concerning my reason for being, my purpose in, in life. And, and how many know that the purpose of God for our lives, um, the very base of that is to know him, to find our fulfillment, satisfaction, for, to, to find pleasure in him. If someone says, well, uh, you know, I'm really good with my hands, you know, building or something like that. I'm put on earth to build things. No. Or I'm, you know, so we'll, see, so we'll see a good singer and say, man, they were put here to sing. Or an athlete, they were put here to hit a ball or something like that. Uh, no, they weren't. You can do, those are gifts. I'm not saying these things aren't gifts from God, but that's not our reason for being here. Our, the foundation of this goes to this. We're here to know him, to find our satisfaction in him, to find our pleasure in him. If you build a great company and don't know him, loser. <laughs> Sorry, I meant that in a nice way. But, uh, you know, if you're the best athlete, the best whatever, you're good with your hands, you, you do great things, but you don't find your fulfillment and satisfaction in him and him alone, you, you failed this test. Yeah? And so we don't want to jump to our success in this world and skip the very foundation, the basics of what we're here for. We're here to, to know him. Amen. He created us on his level so we could walk with him. Amen. Say, so what do you mean on his level? What, we've shared this recently. In his likeness and in his image. We were made like him so we could walk with him and talk with him and be like him. And too many times we skip right over that. We'll spend you know, 99% of our time trying to succeed in this life or do what we're gifted to do and we miss the foundation of it. Amen. And so we find... Uh, our, our pleasure in him. It supersedes all these other things in life. Now, thinking about heaven, because I got that word, you know, about days of, of heaven, and, and heaven's a word used a lot in the scripture, and frequently you'll see heaven and earth tied together. Heaven and earth, heaven are first verse of the Bible, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and you, you see over and over in Scripture, you can look up and find a lot of them. Even uh, in Ephesians 3, Paul was praying and he called God the Father, talked about his family being in heaven and on earth. The family of God's in heaven and, and on earth. And so uh, these things very much go together. Speaking about heavens, heavens can refer to, you know, the atmosphere above us or the stellar beyond that or planet heaven. Okay, the throne of God. Earth is very much like heaven. Otherwise, you wouldn't put them in the same sentence. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, you don't say, you know, tacos and cars. <laughs> and just over and over repeatedly, tacos and cars. Those don't really go. You might say tacos and 
taco trucks. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Generally, you're not going to take two uh, different words that don't have any relationship to other and put them together all the time. So when you see in, in the scripture, heaven and earth, heaven and earth, heaven and earth, you think, these must be kind of alike. They're comparable. And we all think sometimes, wonder what heaven's going to be like. A lot like earth. Now, obviously way better because earth has a curse. You know, and we're not, we're not seeing it even in its original condition. But trees, rivers, mountains, these are God's taste. When he makes planets, he likes those things. <laughs> so heaven and earth, heaven and earth, we can see they go together. You don't see heaven and Mars, by the way. Heaven and Mars, heaven and Mars, heaven and Mars. Or any of the other gazillion planets out there that we, you know, are still trying to figure out what's going on. But, you know, in recent days, there's been uptick in, in discussion about UFOs and people are wondering what's out there. And, well, whatever's out there, I know this. The Word of God still says heaven and earth, heaven and earth, heaven and earth. <laughs> and that's not going to change. That's not going to change. It's going to all of a sudden be heaven and Mars, <laughs> or, or, or so, something like that. Um, but, but again, these things go together, and heaven is something that God wants us to think about a lot. We do. He wants us to. And there's a reason for that is because there are things that are a part of heaven that he desires to be a part of our lives that we're supposed to experience in the here and now. And you see that theme throughout Scripture as well, that aspects of heaven are to be in us. Now, in Deuteronomy 11, you don't have to take time to turn there if you don't want, and I'll read that verse in a minute, then you'll put it up. Uh, <laughs> Uh, instruction was given about what they should meditate on and what they should think about. Really, the words of God, and you should think about them day and night, and you should uh, remind yourself of these words. Basically, if you live according to the word of God, then this verse comes into play in Deuteronomy eleven twenty one. He said that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens upon the earth, okay? And so they were given instructions so their days would resemble heaven's days. Their days would be like them. Now, this was a promise. Contextually, you can see that. It's a promise of longevity. Um, but uh, to live in God's will is, in essence, to enjoy aspects of heaven in your life. The more in the will of God we are, the more our lives contain elements of heaven. Heaven's will, heaven's atmosphere. Heaven, is, even, uh, even when we, we quote often around here John 3, 3. Anybody know that verse? You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. Have you ever noticed that some translations or even in the margin of your Bible, it might say born from above? Okay, I think born again is a good translation, but born from above, when you get saved, from where are you born? You could say from heaven. In other words, there's a, the atmosphere of the very presence of God moves into you. 
And you're born of that, right? You know, if you're born of your mom and dad, you probably look somewhat like your mom and dad. You're born again, you carry heaven in you. It's part of who you are. It's, it's part of your being. And so heaven then is not just a place that we aspire to go, but it is also a resource to draw from. When we see it in Scripture, heaven being described for us, not just we're going there, but what is there is supposed to be in me. It's supposed to be a part of my life. It also paints for us a picture of the perfect will of God. One thing we do not see on earth is the perfect will of God. We just don't. I mean, you might have pockets of it for, for sure. This is God's will, this is God's will. But as a, as a general rule, the whole planet, the whole earth is not an image of God's perfect will. Otherwise, you have to, you'd have to conclude God is uh, crazy. <laughs> Because there's a lot of junk, a lot of chaos here. You, you got heaven and, heaven and earth, heaven and earth, heaven and earth, and they, they, don't, they don't look alike in that regard. Um, because uh, earth, again, doesn't reveal it. It's corrupted by sin, by Satan, um, and has a very limited manifestation of God in it. However, our goal is to increase that. I believe that's it's true for the family of God. It's true for us and really this week, real strong, to increase the manifestation of that place in our lives. We are to live with such a connection to heaven that the atmosphere of our domain is similar. In other words, what you have control over looks like heaven. You don't have control over the whole earth. I don't have control over the whole earth. Um, I have control a little bit. In my, I have control in my own life and things that God has called me to do. But if you had this bubble around you and you could decide what was going to be in that bubble and you took your bubble around, you're, 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 you're walking heaven. You're bringing heaven everywhere you go. Probably the more you... Uh, walk with God, the greater the intensity of his will is manifest in your life, the further it extends from you. So it's not just here, it's here. We get together, and it's why we can have an atmosphere in, him that, in here that becomes tangible. And sicknesses are healed, and, and addictions are broken. And, and, and what, what is that? God's will is being done. God's will is being done in a cursed earth. It takes a blessed person to drive that back. It takes someone who's conscious of him in that place. See, the scriptures contain a constant intervention of, of God. I say it this way, a constant intervention of heaven would be a way to say that. He's con constantly, we see God created something, people messed it up, and he came to help them fix it. That's kind of a summary. <laughs> What's the Bible about? God made something amazing. We totally messed it up. And he shows up in different people's lives again and again and again to fix broken things. And then we break them again. 
And he's so merciful and so kind, he shows up to, to, to fix them. Amen. Sometimes we call these miracles. But, but how many know what a miracle is to, to a human, to, to mankind, is not necessarily a miracle to God. It's just him being him. I mean, to see a, for a dog to fly, that's a miracle. But not for a bird. Bird, that's just normal. And so uh, we, we, we see how God works. Hebrews chapter six, and I'm gonna get to that verse next that I told you about. It's one you already know. Hebrews 6, 5 calls, um, it basically, here's what it says, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come. All right, you can read the context later. Look at that, look at the phrase, the powers of the age to come. There is an age coming. We live in an age now called the age of grace, right? There's an age coming and there are special powers for that age. It contains powers, and what the scriptures reveal to us is that what will happen then as normal, like the bird flying, it will be everyone will operate in it. Everyone will enjoy this. All of us will enjoy in that age, all believers, certain power, okay? We get that in this age through the Holy Spirit. Through the working and manifestation of the Spirit, we operate in powers of the world to come. Yeah, you could say that healings, even that are happening in here today, are of the next world. They're, they're that power. Deliverances, it's, it's power from the world to come manifesting here. But that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take heaven's stuff and make it go boom on earth here now. We're supposed to lay hold of future powers and manifest them. I don't, I don't want this to just sound overly theoretical and like, wow, that's fantastic. And, and isn't that amazing? These things are actually in the scripture so that we'll see them and go, yes. I mean, I'm kind of thinking the Lord knew we would read this. I mean, it's kind of his fault that we would believe these things. He's the one who put the dead raising, the fish loaves multiplying. You know, he, he's the one who put the, the Red Sea parting. He, he's the one who put all these miracles in the Bible. Certainly he knew one of us, or maybe more, would say, huh, that's who God is. Bring it. Come on, let's do this. And to be honest with you, we're supposed to do that. If our minds spin a little bit and say, oh, I don't get it, I don't know how, that's okay because we've been trained in a world that doesn't know God. Often even, even Christians don't know him very well. But if we'll see it and start to reach out and expect, that's why it's there. In Matthew 6, it's recorded about the Lord's Prayer probably already know what I'm going to read here. It's the verse that's teed real high for this subject. Matthew 6:10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> How does God want to work in the earth like he does in heaven? 
What, what is his will in the earth? It's like it is in heaven. And he tells his disciples to pray to that end. In other words, God wants to work his will here like he works his will there. Why would we ever pray about that? You say, well, if the Lord wants, us to, wants to do that, why don't he just do it being God and everything? Because the way he created this world is he does not move independent of his people. And it requires someone to read the story, someone to believe the impossible, someone to take God at his word and say, Lord, I want what you have there. I want it here. You're the one who came up with this heaven and earth thing, heaven and earth, heaven and earth. And here we are living on a cursed planet where sin abounds and destruction and pain and chaos and disease and poverty abounds. I'm here to be your representative and to walk around in heaven's atmosphere. And if someone will get enough conviction inside and say, bless God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be his representative on the earth. I am going to have the atmosphere of heaven in my life. Then we're getting somewhere. What is the will of God in heaven? I think most of us know things like health. There's no sickness in heaven. Uh, abundance. There's no lack in heaven. But everything we really desire, even here and here now, is there. Joy in the presence of the Lord. There's fullness of joy. There's great peace. There's no turmoil. There's no frustration. Yeah. Sometimes people get comfortable with saying, I'm frustrated. And they think it's like a godly thing. <laughs> There's no frustration in heaven. So knock off your frustration. <laughs> get in faith. Yeah. In, in, in heaven, you could let your mind go for a while. Run wild with imagining good things. But you're completely fulfilled in heaven. There's not a day where you say, you know, I just don't feel like I belong. <laughs> Something's missing. It's like I'm taking a shower in my socks. Something's off. <laughs> Never. Never in heaven will something be off. What does this show us? This is what we're seeking, praying unto. This is what we're putting a demand on heaven for, that reality to be our normal experience. How many know in heaven, you don't have a problem being close to God? I know, I know positionally and everything we're not, we're, I mean, we are at all times, if you're a believer, you're in Christ, but you know, sometimes people drift in their relationship and in their walk. That never happens there. You are tight with the Lord. When we say, I want heaven manifested in, in, in my life, what am I saying? My relationship with God is bang like that. It is at all times. We are tight. I mean, oh, in heaven, it's not hard to hear from God. People aren't wander, wandering around the big city. I wonder what God wants me to do. I just can't seem to discover the will of God. Why do I say that? So our expectation goes to this end here and now where we know uh, asking for the will of God to be done in my life while I'm here is for me to hear from him easy, to know his will without question, no stumbling around, no wondering. Uh, my relationship with God is tight. He's always, uh, I'm aware of him at all times. 
I don't know if y'all are connecting with me on this one. If I'm to pray, Lord, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's part of that. You know what God wants you to do at all times. It's easy to hear his voice. It's easy to walk with him. Look over at John chapter 3. This is the new birth chapter. Jesus said a lot of powerful spiritual things here. In John chapter 3, notice with me in verse 12. Jesus speaking here still, uh, still the whole chapter he is there. He said, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. This is kind of a weird saying. (laughs) So Jesus is standing in front of Nicodemus, and he's saying, basically, I'm in heaven. You are? I thought you were like right there. Like I can see you, uh, the son of man who is in heaven. Well, in in what way was Jesus in heaven while he was standing physically on the earth? How was he in heaven while he was on the earth? I know he was there uh, positionally, meaning his authority came from the Father's command. He's speaking from that place. Uh, He was there practically, meaning this, Jesus would regularly spend extended periods of time with the Father. He's with him. He's praying at times all night. Jesus had great communion and fellowship with the Father. Jesus was there uh, in his purpose, his, his intention, in his mind. He, his mind was on heavenly things. Now, I want you to think about it like this. If Jesus said, the Son of Man who is in heaven, then how does that relate to us? Sometimes people immediately, they go to his God status. Well, because he was God, he's you know, omnipresent, so he could be both there and here at once. Not in this situation, he couldn't. Jesus was confined to his body like you are. Now he's not again, he's omnipresent and so forth. But in this moment, Jesus was not just because he's God, he was in heaven and on earth. No, he was just on earth. But in what way was he in heaven? Same way you can be. Same way I can be. How many know the scripture says that we've been... uh, seated with Christ in heavenly places. I am also there positionally. I also draw my authority from, from that place. Uh, how many uh, understand that, that the Hebrews 4 tells us we can go boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find... What? We go there? We go to the throne of God, the throne room of God. We go boldly there? Just like Jesus went there, I go there. So it really... Uh, when Jesus said these things, it was the same thing. Uh, Colossians 3 tells us to set our mind on things above. So I can, while I'm here, be there in many real 
real ways. Yeah. And if I will do that, then I start living out of that place. What's in heaven becomes normal to me. Fullness of joy. Come on, peace and, and, and victory and healing and life. And I'm close to the Father and I know his will. And uh, there's just so many things that are just natural. The birds fly and, you know, and, and I hear from God. Instead of trying to be a dog trying to fly. Amen. Amen. Heaven is a place of, we could say, tremendous blessing. Heaven is a blessed place. Earth is a cursed place. You go back to Genesis where you read about that after the fall, that the earth was cursed and so forth. And that's why we have tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes and, you know, diseases and, you know, the China virus and... And, uh, and, uh, and all that stuff. <laughs> it's why there's so many bad things happening here. Right? Heaven, but in heaven, none of, those, none of that stuff. Heaven, blessed, earth, cursed. But what does the Lord want us to be? Well, eventually the, earth, the curse will be lifted from the earth. But in the meantime, we are pockets of heaven. Pockets of blessing walking around. Yeah? And we got our little personal force field and the cursed earth is having trouble getting in. Because we're living out of that place. We're in communion with him regularly. We draw our authority from him. Our mind is there consistently. We're thinking about things in heaven, not on things of the earth. And when you do that, you create your bubble. You create your, your heaven, little heaven atmosphere. How's your life going? It's heaven. Amen. Amen. Now, when, when something is blessed, it works. It works like it's supposed to. It functions full capacity uh, in the physical body. Um, sometimes I know people have trouble with their heart and like one of their, one of their valves goes blocked or something like that. Is that right? Is that how that works? blocked valves, and they get less blood flow, and that causes them trouble. So that's not a blessed heart. <laughs> when it's not fully functioning, what do they do? They put a stent in there sometimes, and they try to open that up and get the blood flowing because your life works better when your heart runs at full capacity. Or um, like the thyroid gland, you know, they, they say that it can be functioning at a higher or lesser degree, but everything works better when it's functioning like it's supposed to. Okay, the blessing of the Lord is when things function at full capacity. Things completely work. Um, uh, in heaven, the will of God is known and experienced by everybody. Everybody knows it. Everybody experiences it. On earth, when we have heaven ruling then we experience the will of God to the full. We know it, and we experience it. This puts us kind of like one step ahead in life. And this is something, what I'm about to share is very specific to us here, very specific to this meeting, about the blessing of the Lord and how God wants some things to change for us, for our benefit. 
okay? Uh, when you're operating in the blessing of God, you are, you're further out in front. Uh, I remember one person, one testimony came, uh, an individual had investments in the stock market, just long-term investments, and he was explaining how on multiple occasions the Lord told him, without him even asking, but it was very clear the Lord told him, get out of the stock market. And then, and then what happened is a couple months later, boom, and then the Lord told him, he wasn't even really seeking it, wasn't an expert in that field, the Lord told him, put it back. And, and he caught him on the, caught, and he caught huge gains just from going in and going out. And again, not, not talking about day trading kind of stuff, just over a long period of time. But he was just in fellowship with the Lord, and the Lord was blessing him with knowledge. Didn't give him the details, just told him, take it out. Now put it back. And what happened is his wealth really grew just from a few words from God like that. And that, that was the blessing of God. See, I, when I heard that testimony, I thought, well, why didn't he tell me that? <laughs> and I don't know. Apparently, he wasn't telling everyone, but what might he tell you that'll help you to be ahead? You're ahead of the curve. You're, you're there before you need to be. And uh, see, it's a curse, and I think we should call some things what they are instead of petting it or embracing it, it's a curse to have the same problems repeatedly. It is, it's not a blessing from God. It's a curse when month after month, year after year, decade after decade, we have the same struggles. We're still battling the same problems. That's not a blessing from God, no one in heaven's doing that. That's a curse. So I want you to see this, how, uh, how when someone experiences the same problems repeatedly and they, they're never able to really see the solutions in order to avoid mistakes. There's a blindness to them. There's a lack of sight. They're not seeing what they need to do and so they keep doing the same things. And sometimes when you're annoyed, the same stupid things. And you want to beat yourself over the head. I keep doing that. Keep sabotaging my own life. People do that with relationships. They do that with their finances. They do it with, with a number of things. That's a curse functioning there. Okay? Uh, the blessing starts coming in, and it moves the needle from being in a position where you never see it and it's constantly the same problems to where you get to a place where you see a little better, a little more clear, and after experiencing problems for a while, eventually you see the solution and you grow and come out of it and walk free from that. See, that's a little better. It's still not, you're not shouting about that one, but, but it is better. You eventually come out of something. Um, the quicker the light comes, the better. The stronger the blessing, the greater the activity of heaven in your life, the quicker you see. The quicker answers come. 
The quicker clarity comes for your life and your marriage and your business and your, your future, the quicker it comes and you see things in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more expedited manner. But this is the blessing of the Lord to quickly identify the mistake and be able to make changes. Now, this is not the, the best, but we want to get there. This is better. I'm quicker. Now, it used to take me three years to figure this out. Now I make a mistake and I see it right away. You're doing better. Still making the mistake, but at least you see, man, I, man, I see what I did there. You, she, it's a curse when you don't ever know. You're just in a quandary wondering, why in the world is my life like this? Why, why do I keep running in circles? But when you see it, thank you, Lord. Oh, it may have taken me way too long, but thank you, Lord, I finally see it. Now, even better is when you can catch yourself in the middle of the problem, in the middle of doing it, (laughs) in the middle of making the mistake. You start saying, oh, I see this, I see this, I see this, this is not right. And the Lord's given you sight. In the middle of it, you can catch yourself uh, making a poor decision and sometimes make an adjustment on the fly. You're doing the wrong way. It's like the... It's like the, uh, the quarterback who calls an audible, you know? They've got the play. They thought they have planned it out. They think they're ready to go. And he's looking at the defense and seeing what's going on. So he verbally changes the play and, and adjusts on the fly. That's a blessing from God. It's getting stronger. The blessing of the Lord. As you're living, you start making adjustments. As you're praying, you see things different. Yeah? And... Uh, it's a greater blessing now to be out in front. This is when your spiritual perception is so sharp that you see life a bit before it happens. You have such spiritual acuity that you know what to do before you even start going down the wrong path and you see right, wrong. God, not God. And I believe this is what the Lord wants is wanting to do in us to sharpen us spiritually, to quicken his wisdom so we see things before they happen. Sometimes you hear, back to the football analogy, you hear quarterbacks in preseason, like professional quarterbacks in preseason say, the game is moving really fast. They're, They're rushing, their heart, they can't keep up in their mind. But they say after getting so many reps and after some games, they say everything starts slowing down. Now, did it really slow down? It didn't really slow down, but it slowed down for them. They can see it clear now. I I see this happen. Uh, Some of you preachers, you have experienced this. Sometimes the anointing is on me while I'm speaking, and it's super cool because I see what I'm going to say before I say it. It's like I'm two thoughts ahead and just kind of laughing on the inside. I totally, it's like I see it so I can play with it and it doesn't go away. You're just out in front. It's, it's, say, what does that mean? That's weird. I know it, it is a little bit. But you see what's going to happen. You sometimes have words of knowledge, but you see them before you get them. It's like, I know this is going to happen. I remember hearing uh, uh, Brother Moore's testimony, Keith Moore's testimony, not this Moore. Uh, uh, Keith Moore's testimony. I don't know if you've heard, heard him tell a story about his dad passing away, and then shortly after there, he went, to, he went and visited him. 
Lord gave him an experience. Anyway, uh, long story short, in his testimony, he said, while I was in heaven talking to my dad, he said, we talked about things in my ministry on earth that hadn't happened yet as if they had already happened. They were talking about the things that God was doing in his ministry, and they hadn't even happened yet. But from that perspective, they could talk about it as if it had already happened. And I thought, that's what heaven is. It's ahead of the game. <laughs> no one's lagging behind. No one's cleaning up, mopping up, trying to catch up. We're not a year behind in our life. We're not missing the opportunities. We're there before the door opens. Saying, it's about to open. How do you know? I don't know. I just know. This is about to open. It's time to put my money here. It's time to make this decision. We're ahead of things. <laughs> I want to laugh on the inside right now. Because <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is witnessing with me about what he's wanting to say to you. <laughs> he's putting us out in front. Ahead of this. A step ahead of the world. Of the natural mind. We're not the dog trying to fly. You're a child of God. And the glory of heaven fills you. Amen. So this, is, this can be. It should be. It ought to be. It's the blessing of the Lord to be out in front. To see what you should do. I mean, you know, pastors and stuff in ministry, we need, we need foresight. We need to see things before they happen. Otherwise, it's, it's not fun just trying to clean up, trying to catch up trying to get there. It's nice to be prepared. And the Lord wants to do that for all of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God's good. <laughs> One way, or the way, to make, to get heaven to manifest in us is basically about hearing from God and then doing that. It's, it's all tied to whatever the Lord says to you now that brings heaven in your life. Whatever the Lord says to you, whatever scriptures become illuminated, whatever revelation, under, understanding comes to you, whatever new direction that comes, if you get new direction... That is what heaven rides on. And it's not difficult because God wants this to happen. When I'm saying, Lord, I want, I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want your will in my life just like it is in heaven. I want your will to be done like that for me. Then what's going to be the result of that? I'm going to know something. I'm going to hear something. At least this is part of it. He's going to be speaking to me. That word brings the manifestation of heaven in our lives. It might be a word of, of direction. It might be a word of correction. It might be a word of edification. It, it might be a word of shaking us to the core, you know, to stir us up, not to knock us down. But it's a word from God. And if you, if you get that, see what we say, Lord, I want heaven, your will to be done in my life. Your complete will, not my will, your will. Now listen to him. Now listen to him and act on that word. 
And that brings the manifestation of God in your life. You know, prophecies are blessings when they're the real deal. Prophecies, you know, inspired utterance. All believers can have this. All believers can do this. We should seek it. We we should ask for it. Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak through me. I so value what you say. I so treasure your will in my life. If you will speak to me, I'm trusting you to speak. Because once he speaks, we've got it. And now the windows of heaven are open. (laughs) Now the blessings of the Lord are flowing strong in our midst. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's, Let's take a moment and pray. Father, we just thank you for working in us today. We just thank you for the mighty working of your power, for the overflow of your grace. We thank you for the presence of yourself, for the atmosphere of heaven in our lives. For you seek and desire to work in us to such an extent where we're no longer behind the curve. We're no longer playing catch up in life. We are ahead of the game. We're out in front. You give us the wisdom, the knowledge, the foresight to make the right decisions at the right time. We're thankful for your, you are merciful for when we have been behind and when we're cleaning up and need to make changes and repent for things we used to do. You're merciful to us, but Lord, we'd rather just get out there and stop doing it wrong. We'd rather get out there and just walk in your will all the days of our lives. Hallelujah. So we thank you today. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. You're working in us now. You're working in us through and through. By your spirit and by your power, we always know what to do. Those seeking your face today, Lord, they want your will. You know their heart. Sincerely, they seek after you. So reveal yourself to them, I pray. Show show them your will. Show them your ways. Show them the mighty graciousness of your power. We give you all the glory.